side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on. And we do roll along. Thank you for tuning in and telling friends you hang out here on the other side. No telling what we're going to come across. We've got all sorts of stuff to get in with you today. You want to be a part of the program, you text in 806-745-5800. That's 806-745-5800. Be taking your text there. J. West Texas Leeson. And a good Tuesday to you. It's about to turn into a colder event here on the Cap Rock and the edge of the Great Chihuahua Desert and the Great American Prairie. Tomorrow, going to be 52, and then you can say goodbye to the sun for the next few days, and we're going to get into some rain and freezing rain, at least here in the rural metropolis of Lubbock and surrounding area, and then a wintry mix there on, as we head into Saturday, 90% which is the weather's way of saying, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm not promising snow. I am promising difficulties with the weather. Our buddy Mike Bazaar coming up. We're going to get into Tech Tuesday. Your thoughts are welcome there as well. All you parents looking at being little Santa's elves right now, you might have some tech questions. You can text them in as well. As we roll along here in the Racer Car Wash Studios, Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. Racerwash.com. So I was thinking about this today. And we're going to start with the Seminole Sentinel here on the other side of Texas. And it is what is emerging and what will continue to become more and more of an issue. We're just going to start calling this grocery store wars. Here we go. Got some uh, intense grocery store wars music. AGB making its way onto the high plains. What will United's response be? What will your response be? Those are the questions that we have. And by the way, as we cue this up, lots of people extremely, extremely loyal to United. And I think in many ways with with good purpose. Uh, You've got, you don't have the HEB arena. You've got the United Supermarkets arena. Um, and is HEB, last time I went to HEB, nobody took my cart to my car, to my truck. And those are valid concerns. But I actually think it's time. It's time to bring HEB to the high plains. I want to see what that looks like. But which is going to be more controversial? The elimination of the double T from the south side of Jones Stadium which, mark my words, will be marred in controversy when they do away with the double T. And people think, well, that thing can be just taken out of, um, and just be taken up as one piece. 
There is concrete in that thing up 15 feet at least. I can't imagine a Lubbock landmark that's withstood as much weather as that thing has. And it's done it with concrete. What's going to be more controversial? Removing the double T from the south side of Jones Stadium or H-E-B coming to town? Because H-E-B is, mark my words, coming to town. I believe it has up to five locations it's going to build at one time within the next 18 months. Where will you go? Will you try out H-E-B? I think I'm going to rave on and try it out. But this story today, if you don't think that the Lubbock stuff's legit, H-E-B's already making its way up the cap rock. This is from the Seminole Sentinel. An executive session of the Seminole Economic Development Corporation at City Hall yesterday. City Administrator affirmed that he has been authorized or he has been authorized by the Board of Directors to enter into negotiations with HEB supermarket chain for a possible placement in Seminole Seminole going to beat Lubbock to the punch there. Big old Seminole getting it done right ahead of Lubbock. For several years, the Seminole Economic Development Corporation has held a seven-acre plot of land located on the Hobbs Highway south of Highway 62 in hopes of securing a supermarket outlet. It is likely that such negotiations would involve the use of that property along with other incentives. According to a listing on the Gaines County Appraisal District's website, the seven-acre site has an assessed property value of $154,000, which is a big deal in Gaines County. In the past, city officials have approached Lubbock-based United Supermarkets for a possible Seminole installation with offers of donating the property to the company, but with little success. The company has told city officials that it plans that its plans are to curtail the construction of new stores in the near term as it places more emphasis on online shopping. Well, they were thinking that back in 2015. That's some forward thinking there. Huh. Founded by Florence Butt in Kerrville in 1905, H-E-B, which I believe is Harold E. Butt. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, Harold E. Butt. I believe that that's what it is. I could be wrong on the H, but I believe it's a name. The initials of a name. The company ranked number 15 on Forbes magazine's list of America's largest private companies. And it's Howard E. Butts. Butts, plural. Is it Butts, plural? Mike Bazaar efforting in the background there. Yeah. Um, I think it's Butt. I think that Wikipedia's got it wrong. Because... Yeah, it's but. But singular, not buts plural. My boys are snickering as they listen to the program right now. Uh, the chain is operated by the but family. 
Five years ago, HEB purchased a large plot of land at 114th and Quaker in Lubbock. According to Wheelhouse Commercial Development of Lubbock, the property is the site of a planned HEB location. There you go. One of their locations. Should that happen, Seminole would be placed directly in the distribution route between the Hub City and those company stores in Ector, Midland, and Howard Counties. So, there you have it. The grocery store wars beginning to unfold in Lubbock. Be interesting to see what comes of that. And we look forward to a good grocery store battle here on the High Plains. Yeah, baby. Uh, hey, uh, Yost, David Yost, the text already in about Yost today. Uh, Yost, unable to come on, going to cover that towards the end of the program on a recruiting trip. Uh, but in the meantime, somebody, we go from the fullest head of hair to the head with no hair. We're going to get in with Mike Mazar coming up after the break. All your tech questions, you got them, shoot them along. 806 745 5800. As we roll along this edition of Other Side of Texas, stick with us. About 90 Cross seconds from now. Red River, this is what I saw. I saw miles and miles of Texas. All the stars up in the sky. I saw miles and miles of Texas. Again on a Tuesday, we have our friend Mike Bazaar in for a Tech Tuesday Bazaar Solutions. Mike Bazaar, how are you, my friend? The man of the, I guess, the hairless wonder here. Yeah, you go from talking about David Yost to you. Yeah, that dude's got a head of hair, though. I'll Does, tell you that. How many, how many tech vendors right now are looking up blonde mop tops? <laughs> you see a bunch of people with those hats with the, you know. No, he doesn't even wear a hat, though. I mean, well, I'm saying, but you look at the wig hat, right? And they'll wear them to the games. Maybe yeah. maybe we should make those, sell them. They can say the other side of Texas on them. Spray paint gold on them? Because <laughs> he's going to be the golden one. No doubt about it. So, Mike, uh, tell us what you're thinking about on a Tech Tuesday. Yeah. Some things that you've looked at and you think that listeners would be interested in. So, there's a couple things, right? I mean, we, we focus on business IT, and so that's always kind of forefront for us. But last week, we had a customer who had a fire in their building. And it's one of those things that people don't ever think about, right? Luckily, we were doing their IT stuff, so we had good backups and everything else. But it gets me just thinking... You know, in your business, if you're a manager, owner, or even if you just are in the business and care about it, are you prepared for a disaster? And so we're actually working on, I'm trying to write up essentially a, a disaster preparedness, you know, checklist and things to think about and that sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was, they had a fire. It started, they figure, sometime around six thirty, seven o'clock at night, and they had it out by about 9 o'clock at night, and, you know, somebody called it in. But it, it gutted most of their office, right? And so how do you make payroll on Friday? How do you, you know, continue working? They had to do bids. And so we have loaner equipment and a bunch of stuff we took out. They got a trailer out there, and we got it set up, and we had them office fire Tuesday night. We had them running by Thursday night so they could do payroll Friday morning, right? And so it's just one of those times to stop and think about that. And it even rolls into the weather this weekend. And what are you going to do if it's snowy and icy? You just tell all your employees to stay home? Do you have a remote oh, work policy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're paying salary. Yeah, it, but it's still, I mean, there's no productivity there. So even mm-hmm. though you're paying salary, there's still lost money. Yeah. 
And so do you have a policy? Is there a way they could work remotely? Or if it is like for our office, we can all work remotely. And so the guys all know we follow the school schedules. And if it's canceled, we'll work from home. We can forward phones. We can work off laptops. So we can be pretty effective, not in our office. And is that the same for other you know businesses around town? And I think a lot of them just take it on the chin. Hmm. Uh, Mike, so whenever you line people up with remote, what what do you usually use there? So it, this is, a, you got to sit down and figure out what people have in their office, right? So you can do a VPN, which is a remote connection from like your laptop or home computer to the office. The problem is you can't just set it up like you call us on Friday and say, hey, it's icy. We need to set up a VPN. You know, do you have the right equipment? Do you have the right router? Do you have a server? You know, there's there's questions, and then that's got to be configured, and your home computer has to have the little setup on it. So there's just stuff to think about ahead of time and not to, you know, kind of react in the middle of it. But, you know, VPN's an easy way. A lot of people use TeamViewer, GoToMyPC, one of those applications that you can use. And so there's ways you can do it that may cost, maybe less costly, but a lot of this just goes back to have you thought through the process and communicated it with your team so they know. Because obviously you don't want everybody driving to work in the snow and ice because, you know, I love Lubbock, Texas, but the people here can't drive when there's any kind of ice and snow on the ground. Yeah, I mean, it's dry. I mean, let's give some credit where credit's due. Like, I hear this about Lubbock drivers a lot, <laughs> and I think a lot of it's forced upon. I don't want to be the guy apologizing for a poor driver. Yeah. But at the same time. The streets are like runways. No, they are. With yeah. stripes and center lanes. Yeah. And it's flat. Yeah. Right? And then you got this goofy south loop in Lubbock where it's, how does it work? You enter into the loop and then you exit yeah. off the loop at University in Indiana. Yeah. But at Quaker and Slide, it's the reverse. Yeah. So nobody can quite ever get it right. Yeah. I think it's some four city planning. No, and, and I would it's agree. down on the man. But, I, it, you know, you get guys with big four-wheel drive trucks, and so they think I have four-wheel drive and I can stomp on the gas, and okay. it's ice, all four tires slide. Well, I've been there. <laughs> I've, I've definitely been there. So I feel like we could do a hacking update every week. Tell us. We could. Who's been hacked, and uh, what happened, and why did it happen? Yeah, so... Um, we uh, have Marriott for for four years. Um, it was actually Starwood. So the Starwood set of properties, which is Sheraton and some of those guys, was the Starwood family. Marriott bought them. So all the news is Marriott got hacked. But Starwood got hacked before Marriott bought them. But the hack continued. It was only just now found. So for four years, people had access to a significant amount of customer information, including passport numbers. So Marriott, if you do travel a lot internationally and stayed in any Sheraton properties, um, they're saying that they will, if they find that you had identity theft attached to your passport number, they will pay to replace your passport. Yeah, let's say that you don't want to wait on them, but you want to get it done yourself. So, you, you know, you, you go sign up for identity theft protection through a plethora of companies, and they can go out and look and see. It's hard. A lot of the passport numbers aren't necessarily for their, like, with the stuff we're monitoring. We're not looking for passport numbers on a lot of it. The individual yeah. services do. Um, but if you're worried about it, go sign up for one of those. If you're really worried about it, like you stayed in a ton of Sheraton properties, you could call the credit bureaus and freeze your credit. Um, and then they won't be able to open accounts in your name or anything. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're still disclosing information as to exactly what happened, but that was a big data breach. Um, there's another one if you guys use the website Quora. 
Which, yeah, I mean, I've done a master's degree, so I've used Quora before. Yep. Hundred hundred million people got their data hacked out of that one. These guys are supposed to be so smart, and they got hacked. They they got hacked. Yeah, they 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 failed the so smart. I think this goes back to my credit card number or not. uh, They haven't released all the details on on what data they got. They just say they know a hundred million people. So they got all the answers except for this answer. Except for this one, because they're going to be as slow as they can to give this one out. But. It, it brings back this constant, and this is the education that we, we try to do a lot, is everybody is eventually going to get hacked. Like, I hate to say it, but you have to be prepared for it, and you have to be a harder target than somebody else down the road because that will put it off as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And if there's a lot of easy targets, then maybe you don't get hacked as a small business. But, mm-hmm. I mean, these are big guys that are out getting hacked. And and big companies, I mean, the city of Atlanta was, uh, you know, they got their stuff that ransomware um it was the sam sam ransomware and that was what about a year ago that's something like 22 Has the city 20... of lubbock called you yet they have not but they should because i've run the city of lubbock stuff on the dark web scans and there's some stuff out there so... <laughs> my phone is going to ring after the show thank you well you know. i'm glad i asked that question oh, yeah. what, but let me ask you this mike bizarre we talk about hacking every week we're talking about Hacking on Facebook and hacking on now it's Quora and and, and big sites and small sites. The Republican National Committee, yeah, RNC um, got hacked. Uh, but what about emerging technology keeps you up at night? Whenever you think about you and the bizarre lot, yeah, the bizarre Ponderosa, what keeps you up? So, for me personally, you know, at our house is our kids. How do we keep them safe? There's all this new research coming out about how phones and the distracted and social media, and there's a lot of stuff around that and and the detriment that it's causing to a lot of kids. Um, And it's because they're getting these, you know, dopamine hits. Simon Sinek has a bunch of really good stuff if you want to go find some stuff on it. But the problem is, is that it basically acts like a drug, right? You post a picture, you get a like, and your brain treats that very similarly to getting high on drugs right it's a dopamine hit and so then you keep trying to do it and do it and do it and then you either do crazier stuff or if you don't get the likes my friends don't like me and and so they're really worried suicide rates and other things are going to go up so for me it's based on social media yeah based on social media and and phones and this just instantaneous kind of generation right and so they're used to everything being right there and they go check their phone you know a hundred times a day their whole worth being right there yeah yeah, and that and that's the worry, right? And so for me, it's how do how do I let my kids use technology well to learn, to research, to look up, to play games, right? I mean, to do the things they need to do and to be kids because you can't be a kid nowadays and not play video games of some sort, right? I mean, they just they do. I guess you you could, but they play video games, right? And we our kids play outside and do all the other stuff, but how can I let them leverage the technology? grow up in a world of technology do things like we don't have cable anymore we just use streaming right so we use netflix and amazon prime and Mm -hmm. slingbox and whatever and how do i make sure that they can take advantage of that but not get dependent hooked and have kind of these negative side effects and i think that's a constant debate in society right now yeah because it's a big deal it all i talk about this but i haven't talked about it in some time I did youth ministry for a long time. Yeah. And what I learned in youth ministry was strong families have core tenets where kids identify with their family first and then 
other things, peer yeah. groups, school, um, social media, I guess, um, all secondarily. But they're a part of their tribe first. And so for us, in our house every morning, I mean, every morning, every night, we talk about encourage, help, and listen. How did you encourage? Yeah. How did you help? And how did you listen? How will you encourage in the mornings? How will you encourage? How will you help? And how will you listen? And they know that those are staples of the of the Leeson household. Yeah. But they've also heard me say, and I mean it, $300 isn't as much as it used to be for us. Yeah. But I'll take that switch and break it over my freaking leg like Hacksaw Jim Duggins <laughs> in a two-by-four. Yeah. If it makes them do stupid things. Yep. If it makes them act crazy. And we feel the same way about school, Mike. Now we're like in a daddy session here. But we feel the same way about school. Yeah. If, if school is going to, if you're going to allow school to drive your attitude, if you're going to allow, and we hadn't even gotten into social media yet. Yeah. But if you're going to allow that to dictate your mood, then we'll bust that over our legs too, just like we would your Nintendo Switch. Yeah. No, I, and and I don't think, again, not to get into like some crazy parenting session, but I think there's a, a not oh, enough we're emphasis. There. We're it's, there. Yeah, Go there's ahead. not enough emphasis on it, right? And so that to me is, is the big deal because we do, um, which I like yours, but we do rose and a thorn. What was your rose of the day? What was your thorn of the day? What was good? What sucked? And And again, just trying to reinforce... That and and I'm the same way, right? The kids have little Kindle tablets, and we got them the Kindle tablets first because Amazon has had parental They're controls. Cheap. They're cheap, and Amazon has had parental controls longer than anybody else. Um, so Apple's, you know, we've talked about that it was more recent, and you know, I mean, really just this year. So they've had little Kindle tablets, and I've told them like, you know, when they were in trouble or did dumb things, they lost them. So my son, ten year old, um, couldn't get to YouTube. Because it's just weird, goofy content sometimes on YouTube, right? In general, I think sure. it's okay, and we tell him. You use KidTube. Yeah, no, it's so. So he, we had YouTube blocked off, but he could do other apps, right? He had games and other apps, and and if he asked for, it, he could read books and watch movies and whatever. Well, he saw me put in the password one day to make some change to settings, mm. so he was sitting in his room watching YouTube, and he gets ratted out by his little brother. <laughs> And which is what little brothers are good for, right? Ratting out big brothers. <clears throat> and so he rats out his little brother. And we took it away for like a month and a half because it was a breach of trust. And we trusted you to have this device. And it was the same kind of thing. Like, here's this really serious consequence. And you don't need it to live life. And it's a great way to waste some time or to get, you know, go find information or play a game or do whatever. But if you're going to abuse it and abuse trust, then you could lose it forever. And so we're of the same opinion. Like, man, I'll break it over many or I'll take it away or whatever, and you can get it back when you earn it back. Yeah. And so for him, it's been a hard lesson because we really drilled in that you have to be a trustworthy person. So you're my technology counselor right now. Ross Ramsey comes on the show on Wednesdays. He's my political counselor. You're my technology counselor. Um, my boys want to be YouTubers. That's what they want to be. I showed you twenty-two million dollars. The seven-year-old kids making twenty-two million bucks. Well, it's, I'm not looking at the profitability of it. I'm thinking yeah. about the stupidity of it. <laughs> and they want to be the gamer twins, and yep. they get on and they play a game and they review a game. Yeah. And they put it out there. Um, good idea, bad idea. I, I mean, I think it could be a good idea, right? This this kid that's making twenty million bucks, and I know you're not in it for the money, but he it's it's um, I have to go look his kids' names up. It's like Charlie's Toys, right? He reviews toys, 
he's seven years old. He's been doing it for about two and a half years, and and now he's making all his money because people, it's a genuine review from a kid, from a kid's point of view about how good or bad a toy is. So if your kids want to play a game and give the reviews around the game or talk about you know the the session or whatever it was, I I think that's a reasonable outlet you know for what them I'm to have. Going to do is we do have the Nintendo Switch. And Nintendo Switch just brought on all the old school games. Remember oh, the yeah. old school yeah. hockey game on Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. Like the big. Here's the real question: Does hard... it have Does it have Tech Mobile? It does. See now. And in wrestling, old school wrestling. There you go. With uh, the Star Man and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Have them review some old school Nintendo games. See, and I think that would be funny. And they would have fun playing it, and so I think that that would be a. But a would good it be video. exploitive for me to, to air to video, a real live fight on Tecmo Bowl whenever one of them breaches the pact, which is you can't be Bo Jackson, <laughs> and have them just swinging at each other. <laughs> I don't know. That might get banned off YouTube, like violence or something. Somebody reported as inappropriate. Oh, it gets content. pretty violent. Yeah, they'll well, like grab logs from the from the fire <laughs> in the. Not f- not on fire. Not flaming logs. Yeah. yeah, you got to draw a line <laughs> somewhere, right? You know, <laughs> they'll pick up all when they're out of pillows. They'll just go to all sorts of objects that, yeah. that can't really be launched at somebody's head. Um, you need to introduce them to Clue. It was the candlestick in the yeah. They conservatory. They are Clue. I actually had them play. <clears throat> they they love Zelda Breath of the Wild. That yeah. was their first game review. The Gamer Twins and. My nine-year-old boys, but I had them sit down and play. I said, "Listen, this is the original Zelda. This is where all this came from." Yeah, and it didn't last six minutes before they were out. They had really? Like, they had left the room. They were they, done. They, were like, <laughs> they didn't care. Is, why did you play this? This is so stupid. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, Mike Bazaar, if folks want to take care of uh, before the disaster strikes or you work from home, put in those plans, tell people how to get hold of it. Yeah, so our website's just bizarresolutions.com, B-A-Z-A-R. Um, just two A's. That's it, just two A's. People try to add too many in. Um, or our phone number is 806-853-7757. The good news is, is we're the only Bizarre Solutions in town, so if you Google it and butcher the spelling, Google still gets us figured out. Yeah. So. That's helpful. <laughs> I would think that you're the only bizarre solutions in most towns. I, I think in in anywhere. What's okay. funny is we get a lot of website hits from India because the bazaar is a market over there. Oh, okay. And so we get quite a few hits from India and some of those kind of countries in the other area. Yeah. Always. You can always sell that advertising too. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, appreciate you making time. Yeah, certainly. I'm going to get off. i got some off-air questions to ask Mike. And i uh, going to get in with some, who's your neighbor? The neighbor is the one that helps. That's going to make sense if you stick with the program here. It uh, got a good agriculture story to tell you on the other side, and we'll see you on the other side about 90 seconds from now. Couldn't ask for better weather. You were saying with a grin. You do the sound of hailstones hitting tin. It's loud enough, you got to yell now. The whole thing hits me like a song. Megan, Deborah, I'm sorry I didn't get to your text with Mike Bazaar. I was so taken with the Daddy Technology segment, and I didn't even look up to see that you guys were were there. 
Hey, uh, we talked about Gaines County and talked about what's going on with um, HEB. want to switch over towards the east from where we're broadcasting in the rural metropolis, Lubbock, and um, look at what's going on, what has been going on in Floyd County. And let me just intro it with this. And I know I've said something about this before, but whenever I was in Kentucky uh, doing my master's in theological things, um, I came across, and I've talked about Fitch before, I've come across my man Leonard Fitch, who owned a local grocery store. And uh, really, that was the beginning of what would become this show eventually. And my thinking about rural economics. And I wanted to do a story on how this venerated man in this community, people were not shopping locally at his store there in Wilmore, Kentucky. And I got on the phone with, and I just want to encourage you to do this. I mean, if you want... If you want a good way to spend up 30 minutes online and to be glad that you did it, look up Wendell Berry. And I think that you'll hear a lot of Wendell Berry in what I say because I've read and consumed and and put to use. What's the old adage? Uh, Principles plus experience equals transformation. I've put a lot of principles that I learned from Wendell Berry into experience. And it's helped made who I am today. And But I was talking to Wendell Berry about Fitch and about this grocery store and the importance of this grocery store to that rural community there in Kentucky. And he kept on talking about the neighbor. And I was taking very close notes. I need to find these notes one day. Um, but I was taking very close notes, handwriting as he talked. And he said... Uh, he kept on talking about the neighbor and the neighbor would do this and the neighbor would do that and i and i didn't understand who what the antecedent of neighbor was who's the neighbor like what's he talking about and i said mr barry can i please interrupt you for just a moment and ask you who is the neighbor and he chuckled and he said do you still have bibles at that seminary to which i said yes sir we do and he said why don't you go get one of those Bibles and uh, from your library? I guess he assumed I didn't have a Bible at my house. And um, he said, I want you to look up the story of, uh, I want you to look in the Gospel of Luke, and you'll see that that very question was asked, who's the neighbor? And then I started to chuckle, but chuckle at myself, and thought the neighbor is the one who helps and that's what i said out loud and he chuckled again and said you're right the neighbor is the one who helps uh cnn covered a story that went down in floyd county east of lubbock and i've I've been remiss in mentioning it so i wanted to take some time here and read you the story and and talk about it all under the subtitle of the neighbor is the one who helps When farmers in West Texas found out that one of their neighbors had cancer and couldn't harvest his crop, they turned out to help. 
They offered so much help, in fact, that some had to be turned away. Greg Bishop, who lives in Floyd County, northeast of Lubbock, was diagnosed with leukemia in September and is undergoing treatment. This played out last week. On Monday, neighboring farmers brought 20 cotton strippers and all other equipment needed to harvest Bishop's fields, about 450 acres in all. Aaron Hendricks, the general manager of Floyd Co-op Gins, has known Bishop for 25 years and says he's a respected member of the community. He would have not have asked anyone for help, but he would have been the first one if someone else was sick. Hendricks told CNN that about 80 or 90 people came to help with Bishop's Harvest. He didn't have an exact count, but says a local chemical business brought in 75 hamburgers to feed everyone and ended up running out. In addition to all the machinery, farmers directed traffic, put tarps on bales, and cleared tumbleweeds that had blown into the fields. Other business people supplied fuel and service trucks in case any vehicles broke down. Robert Nixon helped organize the effort and said it was overwhelming how many people came to help. Quote, we started at 10 o'clock this morning and a little before 3 we were done. I mean, we had that many people. They ended up with 1,200 bales of processed cotton that's worth about $420,000, Hendricks said. If he would have done it himself with one machine, it would probably take him about two or three weeks. Bishop's longtime friend and former college roommate, David Carthel, told KCPD Lubbock that everyone was just glad to be there for him. He's got a tough road to hoe, and he's got a lot, of, a lot more worries down the road than just getting his crop in, so we were real glad to do it, and I was glad to be a part of it, Carthel said. Neighbor is the one who helps. And how many stories, those of us who grew up here, how many times have you heard stories like this? And that's what makes West Texas doesn't have a lot outside of sunsets and sunrise and scenery. And a lot of our beauty, and this is a show for a different time, a lot of the beauty that we have is beauty that's built and and man-made. Uh, because there is a lot of flatland. But one thing you cannot make, or just manufacture, I should say, is character and loyalty and graciousness. And there's a lot of that on the high plains. And it's it's part of why I chose to bring my children back here, to grow them up here so that they could be exposed to that and I know so many of you, the same thing. Lubbock is the welcome back city, and I think a lot of that welcome back is I just want my kids to know what I know, and this is a place where neighbors know how to help. Uh, David Yost has not been able to come on the show. His hair, the subject of much discussion in Lubbock right now, uh, but also that that he may be the best offensive coordinator in the company in the country the company in in the country uh and on that note usc just hiring uh cliff kingsbury cliff kingsbury agreeing to be the next offensive coordinator 
at USC. So no disrespect to Cliff, but he's been a head coach. And uh, within offensive coordinators, David Yost may be the best. Get in with one of my favorite subjects, David Yost. Don't want to miss this. Coming up, and we'll take a quickie break and get back in with you. Watching again, if you've not seen, and we've not said much about George H.W. Bush on the program, don't follow a lot of national news, but man, that scene today with Bob Dole being hoisted up out of his chair to salute uh, George H.W. Bush, really something. And um, I mean, just, I can hear Lee, Lee Greenwood singing in my soul, I'm glad to be an American. And uh, I'm proud to be an American. That's so good. This closeout segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services for Lubbock and the surrounding areas since 1992. Don't want people digging through your stuff, finding your trade secrets, finding other things out for a free and hassle-free estimate. Give LubbockFileRoom.com a call at 806 744 666 uh i get asked a lot what about that hair what about david yost and that hair and we're expecting yost sometime on the show sometimes i get fixed on something and and i want to see it happen and i'm i'm hoping that that comes to completion yost if you're just joining us here on the program uh has gone out on a recruiting trip they're trying to tie down these people these people these recruits by the 19th uh, when early signing begins so he's busy and i think uh i think you can't expect him before the 19th but it is what it is right now Uh, about his hair he discussed it himself and if you've not heard the audio here's david yost y-o-s-t discussing his hair right here and we'll let you hear it for yourself and i get the owen wilson and everything else and the surfer the sunshine from remember the titans all that but i i've heard them all and everything and i've heard them from opposing fan bases or our own uh that way um no it started we went to toledo we went we left toledo went to missouri um i wanted to find something a little bit different to stand out um, and I decided I always liked long hair when I was a kid, so I was like, oh, I'm going to let my hair grow out, let it grow out. Got a perm once. My wife will never let that happen again. Um, so I just kind of let it go now and get it. Uh, these are not natural blonde, so I have to get it highlighted up every now and then, but I kind of, it's kind of my calling card now. It's a little bit of my, it helps me in recruiting. Everybody remembers me. Does the wife like it? Uh, likes it enough that I haven't had to cut it, so that's, that's positive. But I'm not allowed to get a perm. That's the only rule she has for me. So, uh, David Yost, in his own words, on his hair style, if you've not seen it, it, it uh, he laid out um, Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. I said it. I didn't say it. He did. Uh, but, I don't know. I kind of got a man crush on the guy. I think it looks handsome. Uh, but that's just me and me admitting my bias there. Um 
want to close out and tell you that we got a big announcement, I think, coming in the next couple of days that you're going to be interested in hearing. Those of you who follow the show closely, you're going to appreciate the announcement that we have for you coming up. And uh, can't give any more details than just that for right now. And do want to thank new sponsors who joined the program. And as always, thank you for listening to the program. Um, you want to follow along with us. Facebook, uh, com on Twitter, at OSTX Show. Uh, tomorrow we got Ross Ramsey on the show. Checking in, I need to figure out where in the world is Brandon Darby. My buddy Brandon Darby. I've never met anybody. Uh, you, those of you who listen to the show closely know that Brandon Darby heads up Breitbart, Texas. Part of my fascination with one of my best friends, Brandon Darby, is how he can zone in on something and... You might not hear from him for a couple of days at a time. And he might be looking at like underground ventilation or looking into uh, storm cellars or I mean, or miniature cattle. He can spend like three days and just go, 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 go. And you don't hear from him and you start to worry about him. But that's just kind of the way that that guy's dexterous mind works. And it's crazy to me. Um and I, God love him, uh, but I think that he's his attention right now is on the caravan, going to get you some Brandon Darby for you to enjoy. Here's my question to you, and I'd love to hear from you, Jay at OtherSideOfTexas.com. Here, my operating theory right now is that Texas did not go purple, it didn't go red, it didn't go blue that Texas went Amarillo. And by Amarillo, I'm doing a play on Amarillo. But I think what Texans showed on a show where we focus a lot on Texas politics is that they want competent uh, people who are leading their districts, uh, whatever district you live in. So far as state representative, state senator, they went competent, able people. And that's what I think the last election showed. That these clown show interest groups that try to run the show have have been shooed. And it's going to be interesting to see what the next legislature holds. But a lot of people who will be in that chamber were elected because people believe... And re-elected, I should say, because people believe that they are the most competent and able. And this whole... I'm more Republican than you are, like hoisting your nose up at people and saying I'm more Republican than you. You're lesser than. And I've been in front of this curve for a long time. I don't need I've done my theological work. I've done I've done the homework. I've done the math and this whole I'm more conservative than you, that does not have staying power. Are you more competent than your opponent that's the question not i'm more quote-unquote conservative because conservatism has for too long been defined in this state by people who put the con in conservative doesn't have much to do with conserving place has everything to do with conning people into losing their place and i think that day in those days are numbered 
Um, and I think that along those terms, there is not a better delegation in this state that I know of, a concentrated delegation, than in Amarillo, which is why I play on the term Amarillo, that the state went Amarillo. And folks who have their scorecards, these right-wing groups that have their scorecards, here's the correlation of the last election. The higher your rating was on the scorecard, the worse you did. If you had, let me just say it this way, if you had a higher rating, then you either lost or you barely won. Whenever, So it wasn't about scorecards, it was about scoreboards. That coming for you, other side of Texas.com. So, for Mike Bazaar, looking forward to tomorrow on the program, Ross Ramsey, whoever else, whatever else breaks, we'll get it to you here on the program. I'm going to go home now. i got to get home. I'm going to do daddy dinner alone by myself with those four little beloved children who somehow um, get a curse after 6 p.m. sometimes, many times. Going to go home, do some math homework, taco night at the house, and uh, hang out with them. Uh, Above average, well, it's going to be an average dinner because I'm cooking tonight. Above average family, and I hope the same is true for you until next time we'll see you right here on am 580 studios where buddy holly became famous rave on buddies rave on see you tomorrow right here on other side of texas it's who we want